listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. Welcome. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. This is a special edition for National Lighthouse Day 2020. On this date in 1789, the first Congress approved an act for the establishment of lighthouses, beacons, buoys, and public piers. 200 years later, Congress passed an act that designated August 7, 1989, as National Lighthouse Day. This day is observed at many lighthouses, although Congress has not designated National Lighthouse Day in perpetuity. For this special edition of the podcast, I'm going to play some clips from the interviews in past episodes. I usually ask people something like, what do you love most about your lighthouse work? Or what's so special about your lighthouse? I want to play you a few of the responses. Many people have talked about the beauty of lighthouses and their surroundings. First is Chuck Clark, board member of the Friends of Point Betsy Lighthouse in Michigan. Well, I tell you, as your life goes on, you have your ups and downs of your job or your challenges of your job. And when you drive out on Point Betsy Road and you come over the hill and you see the buildings in the corner, every single time it brings a smile to your face. So it just kind of lightens your your life and... uh, uh, it's been that way for 20 years for me, just about, and uh, it's just a wonderful thing to go out and see and see uh, improve over the years and restore it for uh, the public to enjoy. Next is Bob Stevenson, docent training coordinator for Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse in Maryland. It's one of only 12 lighthouses in this country that are national historic landmarks. So the privilege and responsibility of preserving and interpreting that lighthouse for our visitors is just deeply rewarding. For me, the most personal thing really is just being there. When I can take a moment to let the history sink in, to experience some of the isolation the keepers live through, and to enjoy the best view on the bay, then I really know just how deeply privileged I am. Here's Gary Childs, chairman of the Cape Cod chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation, the group that cares for Race Point Light Station in Provincetown, Massachusetts. People are always blown away when they come out there and they find out that they can sit on the porch and be about 150 feet away from the water and listen to the, listen to the whales breach, listen to the whale watch boats go by, and when the busyness stops at the end of the day, they have the solace out there of the sun setting on one side and the sun rising on the other. And occasionally we shut out all of the lights in the building and there's only one light out there. That would be the lighthouse, the, the every 10-second white flash. People walk away from that place with their sores, souls restored. Eric Chetwin of the Lighthouse Committee for the Friends of Swans Island Lighthouse in Maine also cited the specialness of the place. My favorite part, I guess I'll say sitting on the rocking chairs on the front porch and gazing out uh, over the ocean, watching the the schooners and the lobster boats uh, coming into the harbor, that's hard to beat. Richard Skidmore, longtime modern-day keeper of Gayhead Lighthouse on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, explained what he loves most in just a few words. What do you enjoy most about your work at the Gayhead Lighthouse? Just being there. It's just... Uh, 
you know, this, that's the place that thousands of people come every year to go see. But I'm there because I can. Um, I've got the key, and I can be there whenever I want. And I'm just a lucky guy. For Matt Rosenberg, caretaker of the famous Nubble Lighthouse in York, Maine, the appeal of the place has to do with the fact that people can't quite get there. The lighthouse is on an island across a narrow channel from the mainland. There's such an emotional component. It goes way beyond, like, a reasonable attachment sometimes. You know, people just have such strong affection for this place. And I think it has to do with the fact that they can't go there. You know, it's like... It's that magical thing. You can see it and you can experience it, but you, can not, you can't walk up and touch the building. I feel like if it was sitting on land, it would be like a lot of other places that people would visit one time and then they would have seen it and they would have experienced it and then they'd be done with it and they move on to something else. But the nubble, that unreachable quality of it, I think really has a lot of appeal to people. Terry Roden was a Coast Guard keeper at Maine's Little River Light Station as a young man. And in recent years, he's been the seasonal caretaker for the station. In this clip, you'll hear Terry, along with Bob Trapani, Jr., executive director of the American Lighthouse Foundation, which owns Little River Light Station. If once you come here and see the beauty of uh, my front yard is here, it's, it's, it's breathtaking. Everybody that comes here, they don't want to leave either. You know, they hate to think that they got to go, go back. You know, it, it grows on you. Well, I think that's a great point. We have a lighthouse here, of course, and that's a primary attraction for people. But it's so much more than that. When you see all these guests, there's a lot of emotion. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are, are crying when they have to leave. There are just some of the life-changing it is. Uh, things that can happen at a place like this. And it's not just about the lighthouse. And that's the beautiful thing is this is really a one-of-a-kind experience. Right. I'm just fortunate. I'm so fortunate to be, you know, to have a wife to let me do this. One of these days is going to come to an end. I don't know when. I, I, I lived all winter long dreaming about being back here again. For many people, the appeal of lighthouses is the beauty of the places combined with their history. Here's Lee Radzak, the recently retired modern-day keeper at Split Rock Lighthouse in Minnesota. You're walking the same sidewalks the keepers and their families walk, climbing the same, same stairs into the lighthouse, and to sit on your front porch there and know that the keepers and their family sat there uh, looking at the exact same view and the gravy on top is living on a cliff 130 feet above Lake Superior and having that, having both the lighthouse, but especially the lake right there all the time is pretty special. And here's Lee Radzak's successor at Split Rock, Hayes Scriven. You can feel that history like around you you can you can feel the the people that have come before you there, there's a feeling about it that that stuff happened here and it mattered and, and that i'm continuing that that tradition and the staff is continuing that tradition i, I think that's that's the piece that I, I i really when it comes down into my heart that that's what matters to me ralph krugler is the historian for hillsborough inlet lighthouse in florida it's just so much fun. And like even our local people, because of our situation, a lot of people from all over say, they'll be on the top of the tower pointing. I've lived right there for 40 years. I've lived here for 20 years. I lived here my whole life. I've never been here before. And now to be able to be there with them and give them more information that they ever knew even existed, it's, it's so much fun. It really is. 
I wish I could that could be my career, but unfortunately, you know, we're all volunteers. But even as a volunteer, it's so rewarding to be able to go there, and it's such a privilege. I, I really do not take that lightly. I mean, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to be there and carry on the tradition that these people had before us. It's so much fun. From Mark Keene, curator of the North Point Lighthouse Museum in Wisconsin, family connections to the place are important. It's the history that it had and the history that it's still giving to people. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the reason I'm at North Point Lighthouse is because my uncle, who was in the Coast Guard, uh, that rescued the captain crew, the Andrew Doria. He was transferred to Milwaukee the, the next year after he rescued the captain and crew, the Andrew Doria in 56. So he was living in Milwaukee or stationed in Milwaukee from 56 to 61. And I really had no idea what that, where that was until they moved in. And I was only in kindergarten, but my cousins lived there. So I used to play in that house when I was a child and from six, 1957 to 61. And then it was kind of ironic that 60-some years later, I, I came back when I saw the sign that said, you know, they restored it and said, now open. For Elaine Jones, director of Maine's Burnt Island Light Station, the best part is the educational opportunities the island and light station provide. To me, the most fun, I'll go with fun, is to be able to host school children and teachers there as part of overnight uh experiential learning opportunities that I give them are phenomenal. They are second to none. These kids get to live on this island. They get to explore all those habitats that I mentioned. They get to learn about this lighthouse and go up into the lantern room at nighttime, which to them is they are like amazed that they're in this lantern room and say, can people see us? Can they see us up here? Um, And then I take them to the water in the dark and we swish in the water to see the bioluminescence. Um, I just, I can't tell you how exciting that is for them and for me. And so for me to impart my knowledge of the marine environment, of this historic site with them is so much fun. For other people, the thing that's special along with the places themselves is the people they work with. Misty Anderson is the general manager and events coordinator for the Hesita Lighthouse Bed and Breakfast in Oregon. You know, I've been here for four years, and I'm constantly stopped in my tracks with the beauty of the light beam going around in whatever type of weather there is, and the sunsets here, and the gorgeous sparkling ocean. Um, All that is, is just so amazing. But I really think that my favorite thing has to be my team of people who are here that, that keep the bed and breakfast running, the volunteers who, who keep the interpretive center running, like everyone who's part of this Hasita family, we just have such fun together and we share the passion for the light station. And, and I think that's probably what keeps me most satisfied here is, is the lovely people that this light station has brought together and the great times we have and all the guests that we get to meet from all over the world. And it's the people. Tom Baird is the chairman of the Friends of St. Mark's Wildlife Refuge Lighthouse Committee in Florida. So many people around the country, all over the U.S., have a connection with that lighthouse. And we kept finding, you know, people would donate money and, and have a story with it. And you had people that donated very small sums of money, but the lighthouse meant a great deal to them. And you had people who individually 
donated significant amounts of money, but it was so interesting to hear the stories and work with all the people and so forth. It's 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 a project that you wind up meeting a lot of people, but a lot of people with the same sorts of desires, and everybody is pulling to have a restored lighthouse because it means something to them in some way. And that was just rewarding just to, to have all that come together. Laurie Perkins is the historian for Tawas Point Lighthouse in Michigan. It is a spectacular view at the top of the lighthouse, and working with such enthusiastic people who are interested in preserving lighthouse history and getting to know Tawas and East Tawas' communities has been some of the most fun that I've had working as the historian for that site. Sandy Ben is the founder and president of the Toledo Harbor Lighthouse Preservation Society in Ohio. It's really inspiring when people go to the lighthouse that have visited so many other lighthouses and the contractors that were just there for bidding on this project to tell us that it's the most unique lighthouse and they think it's very cool and very worth preserving. It inspires us to to keep going. But the volunteers and the people you meet are wonderful. And so it's both people and just the lighthouse itself and what it can do for the area. For some people, the history is number one. Josh Liller is the historian for the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse and Museum. One thing I would say, and it's not specific to Jupiter, uh, I've been now, I've been in, I could say that I've been in the lighthouse biz now for about six years. And I've, I've been fascinated just how much I, I've learned in that time period and how much more there is to learn. I've been to about 50 lighthouses and they've all got unique little stories. And each lighthouse is even the ones with the architectural similarities. They have so many individual interesting stories and, and little individual unique histories that they really benefit visiting each one and, and kind of learning. It's getting that unique part of lighthouse history that you just not it's certainly not something where you oh, I've seen a lighthouse I've, I've basically seen them all it's not, it's not the case. Mary Hapstritt is museum director and president of the Lilac Preservation Project the organization that is restoring a lighthouse tender in New York City. I have I think had the most fun talking to our veterans mm. and then taking their stories and um, sharing them with the public. I, I really like telling stories. Um, so collecting that, hearing the stories, and then massaging that, turning it into the um, script that our volunteers use when they talk to visitors, um, turning it into interpretive posters and displays on the ship, and helping our visitors to understand what these people did and how critical it still is. For E. Gifford Stack, tour coordinator for Oak Island Lighthouse in North Carolina, it's the visitors to the lighthouse that make it special. What is your personal favorite thing about the volunteer work you do at the Oak Island Lighthouse? I'd say, Jeremy, it's meeting the people from uh, the state and the country and overseas. We attract some pretty serious lighthouse aficionados. Um, There was a number of years ago, a couple from New England, I'm not sure where, but they said that they had visited and climbed the ones that they could, some 360 U.S. and Canadian lighthouses. Mm. 
And I know that's a lot of U.S. Lighthouse Society passport books uh, <laughs> right there. And then we have the young visitors who are climbing for the first time, their first lighthouse, and boy, they're all smiles and lit up. That's a pleasure and joy to see them. We do get lots of visitors from Europe, uh, Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand. I like talking to them about their lighthouse systems and what, what's different over here. For some, it's the craft people and others who help with restoration that make their lighthouse special. Here's Brent Tompkins, co-owner of White Shoal Lighthouse in Michigan. Tell you that we're just so blessed. We're surrounded by a huge number of talented and devoted individuals, and there are too many to name. Or I'd be here for a half hour naming people, but I just wanted to let you know that we couldn't do even close to what we've done out there so far without people stepping up and you know giving their time. We've had boats donated, medical equipment donated, cash, you know, expertise. People that are tradesmen that want to come out and help and donate their time and their expertise folks that have taken upon themselves to run our online gift shop. So it's just apps, you know, that part, I was never expecting that going into this. There'd be that much support for what we're doing out there. And, and that's just been an absolute blessing. Dave Waller is the owner of Graves Lighthouse in Boston Harbor, Massachusetts. Thing that I'm so thrilled about is how many hands have touched this place. And, you know, it's not fair to give us all the credit here because so many people, so many talented people have touched this place from all over New England and New York uh, in terms of glassmakers and foundry casters and wood carvers and stonemasons and weavers. And the list goes on and on and on. And these are all not big companies. These are small individual people or very, very small companies. And that's the way it was built the first time, too. Some people have personal reasons for loving their lighthouse. Here's Jack Roberts of the Rotary Club of South Portland and Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Jack has been the point person for Portland Breakwater Lighthouse in South Portland for about 30 years. What is special about Bug Light to you? <laughs> I guess the fact that all my grandchildren call it Grampy's Lighthouse. <laughs> it's my reason to be. <laughs> Another question I've asked a number of people in interviews is, what is it about lighthouses that make them so special? Here is Ford Reiki, owner of Halfway Rock Lighthouse in Maine's Casco Bay. What is it about lighthouses? Why do you think people are so drawn to lighthouses? Everything about them is romantic. You know, if you're if you're interested in history or you're interested in architecture, interested in construction, they had a, they they played a crucial role in seagoing traffic at a point in time when it's all we had. So I think you more, the more I've learned about, and I'm, I'm a history buff like you, the more I've learned about lighthouses, the more I've come to appreciate them. And I, I think that uh, as time goes on, there's going to be a greater and greater appreciation for them. Rick Kane is Director of Museum Services for the St. Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum in Florida. It's just been incredible, the experience here. But there. There are the people, you know. There's people travel all over to lighthouses, and you, I think it's because they're symbols of hope, and they're symbols of strength. They just kind of stand there and say, "Try to knock me down. I'm not going away," <laughs> you know. And it gives mm -hmm. people hope in rough times. The very first person to be interviewed on this podcast was Sophie Blackall, the children's book author and illustrator, whose book "Hello Lighthouse" won a Caldecott Medal as the best children's picture book for 2019. I have now asked this question uh, all over the world. I've done uh, uh, a whole lot of 
school visits mostly talking to children with this book. And and I'm I'm curious too, what is it about lighthouses? And I've had as many answers as you can imagine as as people have all sorts of reasons. Um and they range from those that I share that lighthouses are majestic and romantic and compelling. Um, but one child said to me uh, what I have come to think of as, as one of the best definitions of a lighthouse. And he said, they're like helpful castles in the sea, which sums up both the, the, the beauty of the form, the structure itself, and also the, the purpose that they serve, which is, um, which is this steadfast guidance. Finally, several lighthouse keepers have been interviewed on this podcast, and they bring a special viewpoint. Jim Pope was one of the last Coast Guard keepers at Whaleback Lighthouse in southern Maine. Would you be a lighthouse keeper again? If you could do it over again, would you, uh, would you do that again? Yeah, I would. I would. It would be nice to have a little more room than walking around in a circle for, for four, three or four years. You know, like a, what was it, 16 feet, 18 feet at the most on the inside? And you was always climbing up and down, up and down. Everything was up and down, 70 feet. But you did it. I did it. Well, it seems like you're, you're proud of the, that period of it. Hey, I've done things nobody will ever do in the world again. That's how I feel. How many guys can say they was a lighthouse keeper? How many guys can run a tugboat for 25 years? Fred Mickelson was a Coast Guard lightkeeper at Connecticut Lighthouse in Rhode Island in the 1950s. When you look back on your days as a lighthouse keeper, would you do it over again if you could? Oh, definitely, definitely. It was it was a, a, a lesson in so lessons in so many things about myself, uh, the difference between loneliness and solitude, a chance to. Uh, use my imagination, and to learn that I could do just about anything that I wanted to if I did a little research. And I may not have done it very well, but I could do it to my own satisfaction. It was really the time that I went from boy to man, and uh, and I appreciate that opportunity. Sally Snowman is the only official lighthouse keeper in the United States today at Boston Light in Boston Harbor, Massachusetts, the oldest light station in the country. What is it like playing such an important role as you do in a location with such tremendous history that's played such a, a great role in the history and commerce of our nation? When you're out there, do you, do you feel that a lot of the time, just as you walk around the island? Is that something you, you feel? No, I see it as um, an honor to have this position, and I don't think in terms of the way that, I don't know how to say this, I personally don't think that Sally Snowman is important, the position is important. Right. And my job is to keep that place safe, keep the people safe that are out there, and to tell the story as historically correct as we can. And if that's giving Sally Snowman notoriety, I don't see it as that. I see that as the keeper doing that 
it's, I use the word humbling. I find this job very humbling. Um, it is, I don't feel it's an ego trip. If anybody thinks that my ego comes through, I am not aware of that because I do my best not to get my ego involved in the keeper's position. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense to me. What's your favorite part of the job? Uh, <laughs> sitting at the top of the tower with my feet dangling <laughs> over the gallery, just watching the sunset or the sunrise, just watching the world go by. Two hundred twenty-one years after the establishment of a federal lighthouse service, traditional lighthouse keeping is practically extinct in this country. But the new breed of keeper is the preservationists, staff people, and volunteers at the hundreds of lighthouses around the country. They in turn will be studied by the historians of the future. On this National Lighthouse Day, we salute all the keepers of our lighthouse heritage, past, present, and future. Yeah.